Hey folks, this is Jesse Cook, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. It is a cold, or at least relatively cool day, Lorraine in the background, if y'all can hear it off the tin roof. I have one puppy dog and two very hungry kitty cats. We ran out of food yesterday, and so one of the items on the agenda today is absolutely to go get food for the animals. And the two dogs think that we're going to go run, but we're not. We're not. No. So they're not real impressed by that. Have a fire going inside, but of course we're outside. And I think that's about it, folks. So we're going to go back to the Thanksgiving Day proclamations. And we're going to start with one from 1863 by President Lincoln. And then if we have time, we'll do another one from the next year. And if we don't, then we'll, we'll come back to it. Like I said, folks, there's so many of these. Uh, we could do them all month for probably 15 or 20 years and still, still find more, which is just mind boggling that, that we know so little of this that we've allowed ourselves to be told that we can't have, or not only that we can't have, but that we shouldn't have God and Jesus Christ at the center of our nation. Thanksgiving Day, 1863, for victory in battle by Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States of America, a proclamation. It has pleased Almighty God to hearken to the supplications and prayers of an afflicted people and to vouchsafe to the army and the Navy of the United States victories on land and on sea, so signal and so effective as to furnish reasonable grounds for augmented confidence that the union of these states will be maintained, their constitution preserved and their peace and prosperity permanently restored. But these victories have been accorded not without sacrifices of life, limb, health, and liberty incurred by brave and loyal and patriotic citizens. Domestic affliction in every part of the country follows in the train of these fearful bereavements. It is meet and right to recognize and confess the presence of the Almighty Father and the power of His hand equally in these triumphs and in these sorrows. Now, therefore, be it known that I do set apart the sixth day of August next to be observed as a day for national thanksgiving, praise, and prayer. And I invite the people of the United States to assemble on that occasion in their customary places of worship and then the forms approved by their own consciousnesses render the homage due to the divine majesty 
for the wonderful things he has done in the nation's behalf and invoke the influence of his Holy Spirit to subdue the anger which has produced and so long sustained a needless and cruel rebellion, to change the hearts of the insurgents, to guide the councils of the government with wisdom adequate to so great a national emergency, and to visit with tender care and consolation throughout the length and breadth of our land all those who, through the vicissitudes of marches, voyages, battles, and sieges, have been brought to suffer in mind, body, or estate, and finally to lead the whole nation through the paths of repentance and submission to the divine will back to the perfect enjoyment of union and fraternal peace. In witness whereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, done at the city of Washington the 15th day of July, the year of our Lord, 1863, and in the independence of the United States, the 88th Abraham Lincoln. A few things I think are really stand out to me as I read this. One, just first off again, the fact that we allowed anybody, Supreme Court or otherwise, to tell us that, that there was this separation of church and state, meaning that Christianity had no place in our public life and our government is just mind-boggling because Abraham Lincoln here talks specifically about the Father and the Holy Spirit, meaning the Father of Jesus Christ, the Son. And... You know, folks, we talk about this. I haven't talked about it in a while specifically, but the Supreme Court decision in 47, that body of judges, justices that were supposed to be so knowledgeable on the history of our country, that was either, they were either grossly ignorant of their actual duty or they were making a decision malevolently, vilely, uh, with an evil intent. There's no way, especially for those of y'all that have been listening to the podcast now for almost a year and a half, there's no way to look at example after example after example of our history and heritage and think that our founders wanted to kick Christianity out, did not want God at the center of our national life. So, and, and that's just, every time we read this stuff, that's the first thing that just overwhelms. The second thing here, uh, which kind of popped out at me, probably because Veterans Day was so recent, is the sacrifices of life, limb, health, and liberty incurred by brave, loyal, and patriotic citizens. We seem to be really bent in a large part of the country lately on demonizing and belittling and tearing down in every way possible our military and our law enforcement and those people that that put their lives their health their families lives on the line and 
and you see Lincoln here showing us how we actually ought, we ought to, you know, God tells us in the New Testament, and, and this is a Christian nation, so this is extremely important, tells us that true religion is to care for the widow and the orphan. Those people that have lost husbands and fathers. And there's a lot of people that we have across the country that have lost husbands and fathers in the line of duty, whether it be the military or, or law enforcement, the border, whatever it is. And we have a responsibility to care for those. And yet, what do we see today? We see ourselves allowing the country to be flooded with tens of millions of criminals and terrorists, giving money to people who won't work, spending money in other countries, while we have these widows and orphans here, these veterans that have given limb, mental health, life, we have these people here in the country and we don't take care of them. And yet we expect God to bless us and our nation when we refuse to follow his commands. Domestic affliction in every part of the country follows in the train of these fearful bereavements. People used to ask, uh, still do occasionally, about my wife and I, and, and we get to talking about Hawaii, and I would say, yeah, we were in the Marine Corps, and they say, oh, you, you both were. And it never fails to put just that little bitty just hint of a smile on my face, because I know what they're asking. They're asking, did both, were both you and your wife actively enlisted or commissioned into the Marine Corps? And no, we weren't. I, I was commissioned as an officer. My wife was not. But if the people are willing to have the conversation at all, what I tell them is my wife was absolutely in the Marine Corps just as much as I was because when I went away, she was home alone. Every time I was gone, she was responsible for everything that happened. She had to pay all the bills. She had to take care. Uh, we had, I was overseas one time and the air conditioner unit uh, completely just fell apart. And she was 2,000 miles <laughs> from the closest help. She had some friends there, but she had to deal with that. She had to deal with everything. Car problems, house problems, paying bills, groceries cooking, cleaning, being alone at home at night while I was overseas, having no idea what was going to happen to me. And so it's so important that we take care and, and notice the sacrifice. And that's one of the things we've done such a bad job on and why it, it has allowed, it's created a breeding ground for this just nasty, vile entity of feminism that's cropped up over the last 60 years. And that is that we didn't notice enough, take enough notice of the sacrifices and the, the affliction. Lincoln calls it here this domestic affliction of, of the wives, particularly the spouses that stayed home when the men went to fight. And, and this gets to the real base problem of feminism. They don't want equality. That's the word that they use. But what they really want is they want to be the same. And, and truly, that the core of feminism is the destruction of men and women in the family unit. It, it, there's 
no way you can argue that feminism has really any care about women because just about everything they stand for hurts women in the end, which you can see today through the whole LGBTQ nonsense, the video cast that we did on Saturday about the young girl up in Vermont who has been punished by her school for being upset that she had to undress in front of a boy in the locker room who's pretending to be a male who is not because he has XY chromosomes in every single cell of his body. Minus maybe blood cells don't have a nucleus. So that's a big deal. Uh, this one struck me. I, I struggle with this one too. Lincoln said it is, it is right to recognize and confess the presence of the Almighty Father and the power of his hand equally in these triumphs, talking about the victory there and the sorrows, talking about the loss of life and limb and health. And the Bible verse in the New Testament that talks about give thanks always in all things in the good times and the bad. I, I've struggled with that my whole life, folks. My whole life I've struggled with that. That's so hard. It's you know, sometimes it's really hard to give thanks in the good times because we're so arrogant and conceited. We think that we did it all and we don't even remember God. But a lot of times we'll at least, you know, for a moment go, oh, hey, man, <laughs> thank you, God, for, you know, keeping my kids safe in that car wreck or, or you know, healing my aunt from cancer or, or whatever it is, you know, those big moments. We'll, you know, we'll at least take five seconds to tell God, thank you real quick. And then we expect him to be grateful for us showing so little gratitude. I'm getting off track though, but in the hard times, giving thanks to God, trusting him that he has a plan when you're hurting, uh, whether it's physically or mentally, you know, whether, whether you lost a limb or your loved one is sitting there in pain or you're in pain or you're just heartbroken or you get to the point and you realize or you think you realize that you have just completely screwed up everything in your life and that all the things that you truly wanted either weren't the things that you wanted or, or they were, but you've messed up so bad that you're never going to get them. You know, talking about uh, you can throw in uh, those that have gone on with abortion in their younger years and then wake up to realize how horrible that is or divorce and then after the fact you realize how destructive that's been to your family or uh, a drinking decision or drugs you know or the car wreck that you got into or cheating embezzling funds you know and then you have to pay the price and your family does too for for jail time or whatever it is all these things folks <clears throat> and yet somehow we're supposed to find a way to thank God. You know, this is a Thanksgiving proclamation, Thanksgiving Day in 1863 for victory in battle, and they did win. But how many of the Union soldiers and the Confederate soldiers uh, were missing limbs? How many never came home? How many widows were there now? How many young mothers who had lost the means of income at that time? Because one thing they did understand in 1863 that we've completely forgotten today is there are very specific roles for men and women in the world, in the family unit, particularly. And uh, if you take either one of them away, 
that makes life really hard. This idea that we're self-sufficient, this lie, uh, you know, they knew that wasn't true. And so in this case, for a lot of these widows that lost their husbands, uh, that paycheck, that, that ability to provide and protect went along with them. So, uh, and yet somehow Lincoln is telling us here, (laughs) right along with following God's word, that that we have to thank the Almighty Father and the power of his hand and see them equally in these triumphs and these sorrows. You know, he talks about Thanksgiving. This is a day of Thanksgiving of praise, praising God, not ourselves, by the way, just a little side note there. And, and prayer, actually talking to God. I saw something, I think my father sent it of all people last night. You just sit around and have him on a podcast sometime. Uh, I may do that. We can, that would be uh, pretty enlightening, at least for me, but I think for a lot of y'all too. He talks about prayer, you know, how are we supposed to know God and Jesus Christ and feel the Holy Spirit and his guidance? If we never spend any time with God and the Bible, you know, we say, well, I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. God, that's, that's a great excuse. It's, it's ironic though, that we rarely use that in the rest of our life. You know, if you want to lose weight, you, you kind of find somewhere to start or find somebody that knows something to help you. You know, we, we've become such a good society of making up excuses. so that we don't have to do what we really don't want to do in the first place. And that's really the problem, right? It's not a matter of, of do we have time to spend to God or can we find somewhere to start? Because there's so many things out there now, folks. We have no excuse in America today for not finding some way to spend time with God. Uh, there's so many different translations of the Bible. There's so many Bible apps. There's so many videos. There's so many people out there that talk about the Bible and God. Uh, and how to build your relationship with him. And the same is true for our marriages, right? It's such a lie. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, I'm uncomfortable with that. Well, I can't figure that out. Well, I just feel overwhelmed. No, maybe you do, but those are really just good excuses. What we really don't want to do is we don't want to be just a little bit out of our comfort zone and put somebody else just a little bit more before ourselves. It's not a matter of having time to love our spouse any more than spending time with God and Jesus Christ. It's just a matter that that's not really a priority to us. And so Lincoln here talking about prayer and assembling in their places of worship and rendering homage to God for the wonderful things he's done on the nation's behalf and invoke the influence of his Holy Spirit, right? So just in case, yet again, after a year and a half, for all of y'all out there that are going to throw darts and try and say, well, this isn't a Christian nation. Just again and again, folks, it's just not true. Lincoln's talking specifically here about the Holy Spirit, God the Father of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, take time to thank God. This week, today, tomorrow, every day of the year, Find something to thank God for each day and show your spouse that you're doing that and show your kids that you're doing that. 
And then this, this is great, this line, this Holy Spirit to subdue the anger which has produced so long sustained a needless and cruel rebellion, to change the hearts of the insurgents. Uh, there, there's so much here. And to guide the councils of the government with wisdom adequate to so great a national emergency. So again, guide the councils of government. God, the Holy Spirit. He, and Lincoln's telling the nation to pray for the Holy Spirit to guide the councils of government. And yet we're supposed to believe that we can't even, uh, that I just, I don't even know, folks. I run out of words because it's the same thing over and over again. God and Jesus Christ are supposed to be the center of this republic. We are a Christian republic. Our founders talked about it explicitly. Lincoln's talking about it here explicitly. We need the Holy Spirit to guide our councils of government. And then, but back before that, to change the hearts of the insurgents. You know, our our founders during the revolution tried to reconcile with Britain all the way up to the very end until there was no choice left. And even after a fight started, they hoped it would be short and that they could still reconcile for a time. Lincoln here talking about changing the hearts of the South, recognizing the evil that they were doing. When we went overseas, one of the mantras that we had, mantras that we had was to try and win the hearts and minds of the Afghanis and the Iraqis. You wanted to build that relationship. You wanted to, to foster love. And, and here today, we see it again. And so, so we have a, a part of the population that's absolutely going down an evil path. And we have a responsibility to continue to pray that God and the Holy Spirit would change their hearts and minds and turn them back to him and truth. And they may not, folks. I, I, I don't think they will. I've said that multiple times on this podcast. I think we've got a fight coming, but we have to try. That's our responsibility. We have to pray for that. Do we really pray for that? All these politicians that we like to get mad at. And, and when I talk about what is more important to me is the, is the local people in our communities that we know, our family, friends, and relatives, right? That, uh, or neighbors, family, friends, and neighbors that, that choose to support this evil, these evil values of the left. Do we take time to pray and say, Lord, turn their hearts to you. Turn their minds to you and the truth. Or do we just condemn them outright? Lincoln's given us pretty good textbook here uh, of things to do to follow the commands of God. And this was all in the hope, right, that God would visit with tender care and consolation throughout the length and breadth of our land all those who through the vicissitudes of marches, voyages, battles, and sieges have been brought to suffer in mind, body, or estate, and finally lead the whole nation through the paths of repentance and submission to the divine will. Got to be back to God's will first, to the perfect enjoyment of union and fraternal peace. You know, if we don't go back to God's will, like you talked about there, and I apologize, I didn't realize how far over I was, then then nothing else matters. It doesn't matter who we elect, folks. It doesn't matter whether it's Biden or Trump or DeSantis or, uh, you know, pick one. Uh, 
Newsom, it, it doesn't matter. If we don't turn back to God as a nation and in our individual lives, our marriages, our families, uh, nothing else we do will matter. And, and that's the problem today. We keep expecting to elect somebody, a certain someone, and that change everything. And it won't and it can't. Has to be back to God first. Has to be centered on God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. You get a chance. You want to join us over on Patreon uh, for the extra podcasts each week and the video cast and email me something. Sure would appreciate it and look forward to it. Y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. Talk to you soon.